welcome to Pastor Potluck. This is Peter Constantian, just Peter this time, and we're doing a check-in. This is uh, the week in which we will be preparing for the fourth Sunday in Lent. And I want to read to you a passage of scripture from Ephesians that has become personally really important to me. We're talking about sin. We're talking about darkness and light. Uh, and we're talking about what it means to be able to see and what it means to be blind to the ways that we have maybe been participating in sin without even knowing about it. And so before I get into any of that, let me read to you this passage of Scripture from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Sleeper, awake! Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of the Lord for all people. And so this passage, and many like it, that talk about sin, were something that in, in my teenage years, and, and even into my college age, and, and beyond my young adult life, uh, I took to be referring to the kind of sins that we often think of uh, related to personal indulgences, uh, sexual desires, um, maybe also things that we could get addicted to like alcohol or substance use, things that, that cause damage to me and myself and my soul but maybe don't really have a real big impact on the lives of others except for maybe in a uh, an extended way of how I might be affecting their lives by my actions or my way of seeing the world. But the gospel passage that is paired with Ephesians for this week in the Lenten lectionary comes from John chapter 9, which is the passage about sin, about the disciples who see a man who is blind from birth and they ask Jesus, who, who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind. The rest of chapter 9 of John uh, is this parody of the of the example that Jesus makes of the Pharisees who question this blind man that Jesus heals over and over and over again. In fact, eight times if you look and and pay attention carefully in this chapter, you'll see that this man who was born blind, who is then healed by Christ, is questioned and is given an opportunity resp to respond. And each time that he responds, his testimony becomes stronger, such that in his sixth and seventh responses, he is sounding more like a prophet and a rabbi himself, as opposed to just a blind beggar who had uh, no hope in, in this life for any kind of 
uh, ascendancy in what we would consider these professional roles uh, of religious leadership, like being a rabbi. And the eighth speaking moment for this formerly blind beggar is when Jesus encounters him and asks him if he believes in the Son of Man, to which the blind man responds, Show him to me that I may, that I may worship him. And when Jesus reveals himself as the Son of Man or the, or the human one, this blind man, it says, worshipped him. So we have an example in the Gospel of John of the kind of sin that Jesus is concerned about, but it's not the kind of sin that this man or his parents could have done that would have caused him to be blind. Jesus ends his teaching in John chapter 9 in verse 41 while he's addressing the Pharisees who ask, Surely we are not blind, are we? And he responds to them, If you were blind, you would not have sinned. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. So there's a clever inversion that's happening here. And what I want to encourage you, our, our beloved listeners, to consider is what is sin? Specifically, what is the sin that Jesus came into the world to deliver us from? It seems to me that the disciples have an understanding of sin that is similar to the one I had when I was in my young adult years, which is things that I do that uh, somehow break scriptural laws. But in the passage that we read in John chapter 9, it seems as though those kind of sins are not really the issue that Jesus is trying to bring to light. Instead, the issue he's trying to bring to light is the fact that the Pharisees have used the law and the rules that they have found in Scripture to create a division between the righteous and the unrighteous, and even have gone so far as to expel people from the synagogue or from their religious gatherings. And that makes me think, if we maybe, as a society and as Christian people, are misinterpreting even the New Testament most of the time, when we read passages like the one found in Ephesians as mainly talking about personal sins rather than the sins of a society or a community when the sin that they commit or that we commit by expelling people, by pushing people out. So I want to read this passage of Ephesians one more time to you and invite you to consider that maybe Paul's talking about the same sin that Jesus brings to light in John chapter 9. Maybe he's not talking about personal sins, but the way that as communities we tend to band together 
and adopt whatever set of rules seems convenient in order to keep people out. This, I think, is the shameful behavior that Paul is talking about. But there is hope here. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. Try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what such people do secretly. But expose everything to the light, and everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. So what is the good news? The good news is that when we reveal the shameful acts that we have been a part of, the way we have used the law or even the scriptures to push people out or to condemn people, to exclude people from our community, when we reveal that, when we confess that it was wrong and that we were a part of it, that confession actually makes room for healing and reconciliation. Whether or not I've convinced you, I think this passage is extremely helpful for those of us who have a story to tell about a time when we did drift off the right path. Because whether we're talking about personal sins or the sins of a community, the sin of a community as a whole in excluding and expelling people, the good news is that when we tell the story of how we were blind, but now we see. We were trapped in sinful behavior, but now we have been liberated. Well then, we have exposed what was hidden to the light, and that which was hidden becomes light itself in the form of our testimony. When we talk about what we have done wrong, it makes room for other people who may feel ashamed and may have been hiding what they believed they had been doing wrong and gives them the opportunity to talk about it. And when we mention it, we can expect that God will meet us with forgiveness. As one of my favorite theologians, Mr. Rogers says, if it's mentionable, it's manageable. And that's the same sentiment we see here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Sleeper, awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's all for Pastor Potluck this beautiful Thursday afternoon. God bless you all. May you have a blessed Lent. Peace.